last time on Paradise Lost. The death of Karin, the ensuing media coverage, scarred Louis Otieno for sure. He is not only now frozen from the media, but is now in a media war with the very industry that he had worked in, tried to prove himself so hard, and even dominated at some point. Professionally, there was really no way back for Louis Sachmo Otieno. The Karin matter slammed that door shut. Things were really bad for Louis, and they will keep getting worse. Cold and depressed, but I'm okay. It really messes my body, but it's fine. I actually have to accept I am certified as a person with a disability. So I'm in that category, whether I want to accept it or not. And, and things change. People look at you differently. People are just scared of being with you. They, they, just, they just want to hurry up and get done with you, you know? And then you go and you feel awful. You feel awful. Um, so you're going to speak tomorrow? No. Just, let's carry on. Listening to Louis explaining his health situation is unnerving. He lost his hearing. The public knows that. It is the circumstances of how that happened is where it is difficult to hear. So my pancreas had crashed. Yeah. And uh, amazingly, before it crashed, mm. I never knew that word. This is actually the tail end of the health struggles. Louis says he had been experiencing pain, unusual pain, he says. He didn't know what it was, and when he went to get checked, he realized his pancreas was crashing. Neither he nor his medical team were prepared for this. But James, never did the word pancreas come up. I never mentioned it. They never mentioned it. Nobody asked. It is a crisis, and Louis has to attend to surgery. It is a matter of life and death. Because what you need to know is when my pancreas crashed, it's the greatest pain I've ever felt. I never felt so much pain in my life. And I figured there is no way you're going to wake up with whatever that is in your body still there. They're going to have to remove it. I was so sure this is straight surgery. 
queen and was banging walls. There's a walls. And I'm bare knuckled and I'm banging walls that I can't feel and I'm in so much pain. And a calm guy from my seat comes and tells me, calm down, calm down. I'm going to help you. The surgery goes well, or rather, it is successful, and Louis is wheeled out. He says when he regains his consciousness, there was something that wasn't exactly making sense. This nurse goes, goes away, comes in the morning, and I can't hear her. I lost my hearing in one night in the hospital that I couldn't process. And the nurse was like, you're joking. And I'm like, start writing. Can't hear you. And right there, my life took a different turn. Right there. He was hospitalized lastly when he almost died. Then thereafter, he was not well at all. And so the employers couldn't entertain him anymore. And in the ward, uh, one, one night in the morning, he just couldn't hear what the doctor was saying. They were talking to him. I think that happened at Mata Hospital or something. That's Elizabeth Omolo, Louis Oteno's mother. To be honest, Louis' health challenges started way back. And I mean, when he got his first job, Louis was already dealing with a health crisis. In fact, at some point, I was caught in a situation where they said, this money we've raised, do we open your back or do we open your ear? Because I've got the lower disc is worn, the second one is bulging. So in India, they put platinum. So, Louis has had a back problem in his entire adulthood. In his professional life, he thought revealing this information would set his career back somehow. You might recall how competitive the media business is set and his special circumstances coming into it. Louis worked through his pain and had to find ways to work around that pain. At one time, he hosted a show for KTN straight from Nairobi Hospital bed. But... Something also was happening at that time. This managing that we are casually mentioning here is actually a dependency in painkillers. For Louis to keep up with high-pressure environment that was television with his specific back pain problems, he started taking strong painkillers. I mean prescription painkillers. Opioids. I was not a sickly person. Louis was not a sickly person. 
Louis uh, got into, I think, some groups that were not really for him. There are groups that always end up in a downfall. There are groups that always vanish in thin air at a later date. There were groups that uh, thought um, they were in cloud nine and they have to get all those popular guys to drown with them if they are drowning. So in getting some wrong company, I think he was misled, wrong company uh, got him into some wrongdoings uh, which he accepts the mistakes made in life and um, he wasn't comfortable in the end and kind of put on uh, weight he started having back problems yeah and uh, he eventually had to be admitted that's elizabeth omolo again louis told me he has tried to get over that addiction of painkillers as any other addiction it is not easy and it needs professional help of course however that had been mistaken by many for many years well now everybody has become a doctor you google and you look at it and you see what are the top reasons for the pancreas crashing you'll see alcohol and i was an instant alcoholic As an instant alcoholic and drug addict. And what time? I'm half dazed, but I can hear. Mm-hmm. And these doctors, they're talking. They were just resident doctors, they were doing their rounds and they're talking and saying, Oh, this is that guy. He says, because he was a public figure, that guy on TV, even medics treated him in a suspect kind of way. I said, these guys, this, this TV guys, man, this is how they live. They just drink and smoke and eat whatever and drink whatever. And now look, these are the things they drink. These are the things they smoke. Now look, the pancreas. I mean, the guy is actually talking like that. I can hear him. He doesn't know I can hear him. He thinks I've crashed, but I can actually hear him. It really felt bad. When news of Louis' suffering was made public by Dr. Marcy Correr, the public came through and helped the former TV star. Utterly, utterly grateful. First of all, very grateful that Kenyans helped me to achieve this surgery. Because not hearing, I don't think I can describe it to you in a way you can understand. Maybe, maybe another person who doesn't hear would say, yes, I know what he's saying. That being in a hole, being in a vacuum, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's, 
it's worse than being locked in a vault because in a vault you can you can you can you can rub your knuckles on the side yeah. and hear them yeah at the end there's nothing mm. nothing and not even water because actually in you like you can hear in water you can hear sounds you can but this is nothing we did, uh, uh, there were a total of six patients that were implanted uh, uh, at the same time as Louis, and all the six of them now have been switched on. Louis has been the last one to be switched on, and all of them did a passive sound, and they have all started their rehabilitation. Yes. Here is Professor Masharia Mudure consultant ENT surgeon. He oversaw Louis' cochlear implant. Listen to the moment when Louis regains his hearing, or as they say, when it was switched on. You never really know how to react because it's one of those things that happens to other people, not you, you know. So and so in my family lost this, lost that. It happens to other people and never happens to you. So when it comes home, you you don't know how to react. You don't know what to say, what to do. It was just shock, and like, okay, clearly this is what this is the hand we were dealt. We just need to learn how to adapt. And that's Louis Oteno's son, Sean. Now we are going live. Hello. <laughs> Our expectation was that he would be able to hear and uh, uh, speak. He, he had the background noises. He had the speech. He even said he's able to hear himself, in which case he's able to moderate his own uh, his, uh, volume. And so there's little Louis can do other than take time and learn sounds again. Still, his back problem requires him to often seek painkillers, and his crushing of pancreas makes him needing urgent medical attention oftenly. I still find people coming and ask me, I'm glad you're getting better. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I didn't expect them to. Because I really didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't look that, I didn't look good. Yeah. I did not look good, James, I didn't look good. James, it is very hard to learn to live with a term. You are now a certified, registered PWD, which actually means you're a person with disability and that's when you understand we keep using these words stigma 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 people do not know half the time what they're talking about unless they've been through a situation and they can talk of the stigma it left them with so it was really hard on me. So they were excited. I wasn't. And it took a while. So now when you ask me what I do, 
one of the things they do is that. Away from health, there's something else. Louis' family situation. He lives alone now. He's barely fending for himself. When I visited in 2016, during the public funds drive that helped him go for cochlear transplant, he was living with his two children and his wife, who worked as a humanitarian worker at the time. To cut the long story short, at the height of his career, Louis was estranged from his family. The family took him in when Louis got sick, hospitalized, and broke. As soon as he got better-ish, the family decided to continue with their life, which was largely without Louis, as it was before. Those challenges came by because he's an honest guy. He will say the truth. This is what happened. This is what did not happen. So if you don't believe him now, he goes like a, a sacrificial lamb because he did, he did not lie. But Louis wouldn't lie. He said he lost everything. Now, like, uh, his family would get tired of him not working, not uh, paying rent or not paying school fees for his uh, children and not feeding them. So that would be, that was a great conflict between him and the family. So uh, he had lost the job. He had lost his health. He had lost his family. The family, they are there, but he is not divorced. The family is there, but that was a decision uh, the two of them made, yeah. him and uh, the wife. So that one, uh, I wasn't there when they were deciding. He just told me his He's on his own now. Then I said, Sachmo, it's not the end of the world. Not the end of the world, for sure. For Louis, though, issues appear to just materialize for him. A story from an interview thrusted one Silas Miami into the public domain. He was quoted in some section of the press as Louis' son. Silas is a professional photographer who lives abroad. And that claim of being Louis Otieno's son consumed entertainment and gossip section of the press for a while. When I asked Louis about this, well, he couldn't even mention Silas's name. He denies being his father and to have ever met him. Who my family is documented. And I know that. Why would I engage in a sideshow? Because people just don't like my persona. Why would I do that? Why would I give them that satisfaction? And I refused to engage. And of course I refused. To then bother my family with that nonsense. So, Louis is obviously not amused with the stories that suggested that Silas Miami is his son. This situation is murky because it is mishandled by the media. 
On one hand, Silas Miami didn't make the first contact, suggesting he's Louis's son. It was an interview that was meant to be about his career that turned to that question. On the other hand, Louis wasn't asked to corroborate by the reporters handling that story. But here we are. I refuse to be bothered by that level of journalism. The truth, let people talk, they will talk, and you're not the only one they are talking about. They talk about you, they don't know people talk about them too. They also talk about you, people talk about them. They also have their own shortcomings, they have their weaknesses, they have their failures. So why get into things that you, you have no truth about? The origin of the story, you know, I was told, I heard, I was told, I heard. So now, yeah, I'm telling you, I don't know, because I never saw any girl with a baby during Louis' wedding. Because I was, I was there all the way. Okay? Exactly. What else now? This gentleman said he came to you when you were sick in the hospital. Did that ever happen? This gentleman who claims to be your son. By the way, at that time, a lot of people claimed to have been there. And they were not there. And that's just part of that cloud. And I remember, and again, like I'm telling you, the reason I don't engage, and that is documented. You go to the hospital, they will tell you how my bills were paid. They will tell you who were the people who were involved in getting me into hospital and getting me out. It's fair. Why step aside to give these stories from I don't know where? And they are facts. But I documented them with names. The people who were really involved in the process, it's clearly written there, James. It's very well documented. When people come out of the woodwork and say what they want to say and make their claims, how am I supposed to respond to that? How am I supposed to be, am I supposed to argue with rumors and that arguing with hearsay? My understanding of this issue is that Celeste Miami's situation has been a thorn in Louis Oteno's life. In his response to me, Celeste mentioned the mother was Louis Oteno's childhood neighbor and that this relationship is from the past. Let them say it until they will have said enough. But they better know that even themselves, people are talking about them. How, how many children do they say some of our MPs have? Some have 20 children, some have 10, some have 30. But have they seen all those 30 children? <laughs> and so has children everywhere. And they have seen none. Mm. So let them talk. My son is not a criminal. 
Right. He didn't do anything. He didn't harm anybody. Mm. He just happened to be smart and with his brains, with his talents, and his kind, his loving. And he'll always be that to me. Sajmo wouldn't let them talk. But he's, he's given them enough time. Let them talk. But God has better plans for him. Elizabeth Tomolo and Louis told me about an incident where Louis's wedding was almost stopped because Salas Miami's mom had crashed the wedding. Well, they sorted that out and the wedding continued. So this situation again has been around for a while. I look for them as destruction. Just to put this matter to rest completely, those rumors or anything anyone else who claims to be your son, especially Silas Miami, is not your son. That's a definite no. Next time on Paradise Lost. The response from Silas Miami. Read this statement in full or don't read it at all. Paradise Lost is written and produced by me, James Smart. Our sound engineer is Mona Chuba. Edit producer, Sharon Ongayo. This podcast is recorded at Supersonic Africa. Our voice of artists is Yafesi Musoke. Theme song for this podcast is produced by Trevor Magak. Guitar by Benjamin Masinde. Piano by Samuel Hendrick. Copyright Alfulela. Special thanks to Louis Otieno. <laughs>